Okay, and we are back. It's what's the game plan, and uh, we're on to another week because we are past the second week of the road to one thousand, and uh, we are going strong. We're confident, and we have a few picks for this week. Not gonna lie, and uh, not to feel too confident, but you know, two out of two. What's three out of three? We're gonna earn you that sixteen euro. No problem. Uh, what you got? Uh, but before that, we would want to hit a few. Well, we'll first review you last week, and then we'll hit a few uh, sports topics that are really popping up this week. Uh, so, Valo, what were your general picks last week? Um, well, the main pick was obviously Dortmund minus one. Um, you know, I just I, I analysed, I looked into the form, I saw that they had Haaland, and I said, that's the one. Um, we obviously had a few other ideas that we were going to go for. Uh, some of them came up and some of them didn't, but... Uh, we don't speak about that. We only speak about the main thing. Uh, what, what, what about you? What was your... You would have been of a dilemma about your pick. Well, there was plenty of dilemma. And uh, <laughs> if I... I confirmed that I'll be putting down Bristol City. And by God, if anyone turned off the podcast at that point, that's your own fault. You got to listen to these <laughs> things all the way through. Because yes, I did confirm, confirm it in. But I didn't lock it in. Okay? And that's a, that's a huge, huge difference. Because uh, I, some might say, "Hey, Sean, you cheated. You didn't bet four euro." But hey, look, okay, we're oh, we're only here double money, and we won you four seventy last time. So we just took that four thirty and took Man City, a very confident team right now, doing doing bits. And uh, I didn't think they were going to fall this week at all, even though it came close. Even though it came close, uh, they they still won, and I'd, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather a bad win than a good loss, you know? You know what I mean? There's no such thing. <laughs> yeah, we looked at all the potential outcomes and uh, we just, we weren't guaranteed that money and uh, we st- stepped away from them. Uh, and then, like, for example, both Bristol's won in the end after uh, you thought that maybe neither of them would. You thought they'd be easy money. So, you know, we don't, you know, we don't put our listeners in a bad position. You know, we do all the homework for them. Uh, we can see where these hiccups could come, and uh, we just jump right over them. Hey, well, I just want to do a little shout out for all the high rollers out there. Whoever put twenty grand in on our bets, you know, if you're on eighty grand right now. Fair play. All right, let's keep it rolling. <laughs> That's easy money. Uh, so we'll maybe come to our uh, road to a thousand later on. But I think we're gonna hit on a few controversial or big stories in uh, different sports this week and I think the biggest one to start on is that man Gordon Elliott what's he at Sean? Well we haven't actually touched horse racing at all on this pod but uh, by god what a story to start it off Uh, (laughs) Gordon's been messing Gordon's been messing big time and uh, the sports world uh, can't quite believe what's going on there's (laughs) were rumours that turned into fact very quickly uh, that he there's a picture circulating of him posing with a dead horse on the track. I think he put out a statement for it as well. Something along the lines of, oh, I just accidentally fell on the horse <laughs> and uh, put a hand up to the camera to stop. But Gordon must think we're Egypt's fella. <laughs> um, I was reading an article about it and somebody commented underneath that. It was like that episode of Little Britain. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it's like your man, he's caught uh, 
cheating on his wife or something and he's like oh I just happened to fall and, and slip in and you know <laughs> it sounded very much like that like it sounded like yeah. we actually meant to buy this like <laughs> well like I'd say if you're a real fan of them you might just buy it only because you want it and uh, people who are involved in the horse racing world can be delusional because they <laughs> tend to put big bets on long shots that they believe will come up very delusional behaviour so why wouldn't they believe yeah, he's actually, um, he, he might have gotten away with it because a, a lot of talk was like, oh, that's just Photoshop and all. And it wasn't until he came out and said, like, actually, yeah, no, uh, like, came out with a statement. Up until then, nobody knew it was real or not. So he, he might have gotten away with it. Yeah, I, uh, you might as well chance your arm in this world that we live in, Vella, because uh, you might just get away with it and say, oh, it's someone was out to get me. Someone's trying to cancel me, you know? Hey, a great, a great, uh, organization he could have easily blamed was uh, PETA, you know, they hate uh, cruelty to animals and uh, they would easily love to spread something like this on the way to a big event like Cheltenham you know, and he'd be uh, one of the top trainers out there, so uh, do you think he's going to lose a lot of business because of this though? Well, uh, it just came out tonight that uh, he, he won't be allowed to enter Cheltenham if he's still under investigation, so uh, I'd say that's a big chunk of change there, alright Um I do know O'Leary's come out and backed him though. Uh, he's obviously a big, big partner. So as long as you got O'Leary's back, you know, or as long as O'Leary's got his back, uh, he'll, he'll always have a bit of a presence. But uh, yeah, what way do you think it might impact? Well, I wouldn't know uh, Michael O'Leary as well as you do, Valor, because you did work <laughs> under him for a good while. But uh, I think if he wins a lot of races in Cheltenham, this will all be forgotten about. Uh, I think, like, I think that a lot. Of, uh, I think that a lot with a lot of athletes, like say if uh, when Tiger Woods was doing the bad stuff, uh, if if he didn't come out and uh, apologize and just went back, started winning tournaments again, the sponsorships would come back, everyone would come back, uh, like everyone just go, oh, Tiger's back to his best again, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's the exact, exact same situation. He goes out and wins a few races, everyone forgets about it, everyone, the the headline for a gold cup is bigger than anything. Okay, <laughs> overshadow it all. So I'd say, uh, hopefully, if he's a great sportsman, like many claim he is, he'll uh, go out and and win and prove the haters wrong. Well, and do you think uh, is it just him that's banned from Cheltenham, or are his horses banned? So like, could he still win at Cheltenham? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be very, it'd be very unfair on uh, the owners of the horses. Uh, to not have their horses running races uh, because of something that was completely out of their control. Uh, so I think the horses will be allowed to run there, but like it, it seems like a logistical nightmare to get them over and all, but it does just seem fair that they should have a shot. You know? Yeah, because the, the phrase that I've read is that they won't allow him to race horses in Britain. So... It kind of does sound like if, if he's associated, they can't. But uh, just for kind of to keep up the prestige, I suppose, they, they might kind of find loopholes in that. Yeah, definitely. Is it? You know, if pardon the pun, it's kind of like beating a dead horse here, Valo. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they're going to try any way to disassociate uh, Gordon from the event, but you can't really, with it, uh, while trying to be fair. Uh, like he, he does have some serious horses going in there. The, even if you look at the markets, if you take his horses out alone, it it knocks out the competition so much. You'll have horses run 
at like one to four, one to five, and take all the interest out of the race completely. You can only have lads gambling more because you had to put more on it. Get, get it would be bad all around. Uh, but you know, uh, once a messer, always a messer. He's also uh, in the in the spotlight this week because apparently he had a little bear open at the stable and uh, they, they weren't taking COVID rules very seriously there. Uh, I don't know when the video was taken or anything, but uh, you know, it's just it it sounds like someone hates uh, Gordon Elliott and. They're out to get him. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised to wake up tomorrow when he did something else. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, a, sounds like a TV show or something. He's been framed and every everything's coming out against him right before the big competition. <laughs> like, oh, oh, of course. Sure. Do you remember um, when Portugal were about to pay, play against Spain in the last Euros? It was a trial. I think hours before that, uh, Spain came out with like, uh, like Ronaldo hasn't been paying enough tax or something to spook him like there's a lot of these tactics <laughs> could be another trainer that whole uh, horse racing world is very connected and uh, you know like could be an issue of like oh you didn't let me use your jockey one day and it really cost me and you promised me you would you know it's something small like that could that could stick with someone and say you're gonna get your comeuppance I know you care about Cheltenham I'm gonna have you at Cheltenham he's <laughs> Okay, so we'll have to keep our eye on that then. Uh, I'd just like to say on Cheltenham, uh, either next week or the week after, we may be getting a special guest, a special special guest, because it's a special list for uh, all the all your horse racing picks for the upcoming festival. And uh, this person, without giving too much away, he is qualified, okay? <laughs> so, uh, and he might be bringing a friend on, we'll see. But uh, that's something to look forward to, and yeah, stay in touch. Uh, Cheltenham's going to be big on the game plan. Yeah, and hopefully that'll be the first of many specialist correspondents we bring on. Mm-hmm, of course. I was even uh, in talks with another specialist uh, at a you know, specialist table uh, for <laughs> rugby of how uh, like the Six Nations is nearly just wrapped up, but I'm sure this person will come on and uh, let us know who who should be getting the tries, who should be uh, over, uh, overly dominant in most of the matches, you know, so that person should be pretty fun to get on, yeah. Absolutely. Sounds like we've a lot to look forward to. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll move on to kind of a few maybe hot topics in football this week. Uh, I think the biggest one might be the Roy Keane against Jamie Redknapp, little feud that we saw. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, it was straight. It was, it was hard to back Keane for that because it was straight after a huge Tottenham win. If if Keane had said this uh, before the game, did he say it before the game? Um, I I thought it was before the game, but uh, I, I I didn't actually watch. I I just saw the thing. So yeah, no one, no one wants to watch a Burnley versus Tottenham really. <laughs> <laughs> but like if uh, he said it before the game, well, he had to eat his hat, didn't he? Because uh, they went out and won four 0 after, but. There was really no need for uh, Jamie Redknapp to get so invested over Tottenham <laughs> Valley. He got very angry, and you could see him fidgeting and everything. Uh, if, it was on, if it was on radio, you'd be able to hear it on his voice that he was getting there too. But uh, yeah, Roy's always going to bring that out in people. What do you think? Um, yeah, I loved how uh, Redknapp just kept getting riled up more and more. And then I think, because obviously there must be a bit of a lag from when they speak, so 
one of them start talking and the like Roy Keane would just say like a one liner and just say something else and then Redknapp was like what? What are you saying? <laughs> and then Keane is just so calm the whole time like he's just having a great time just, <laughs> just uh, riding him up but uh, I thought it was interesting then so Keane obviously got on Redknapp's wrong side but then he threw in a little dig at Matt Doherty so he, he, he bit of history with Matt Doherty from when uh, he was sacked as the Ireland assistant manager uh, Doherty kind of came out with an interview afterwards and uh, kind of slated Roy's uh, treatment of players like he basically Roy would go around the training ground and be like oh you injured again to like Harry Arter and all like players <laughs> that do have injuries and stuff and uh, yeah Doherty wasn't too impressed with, with either that or the coaching so I think I think Keno's been holding a bit of a grudge and he's been waiting for his chance to pounce and uh, yeah he slated Doherty he said he's not going to make it a top four team um, you know, I think that was a very uh, planned out move. Mm. I think Keane does things that remind him of what it's like to be back on the pitch again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the only way he can hurt people is with his words. He can't use his boots anymore. So he really just get, getting under his people's skin is just what he does. He does it for a living. I'm sure he does it in his social life and everything. Sure. <laughs> I just don't really hear people like meeting uh, Roy Keane in person. And they'd say like, "Oh, Roy, I'm I'm a huge fan. Like, I've been watching all my life." And it'd just go, "I don't care." Maybe <laughs> like ruining that whole potentially magical experience for that person. Like, maybe you could be like us meeting on a Messi or something. Like, if you grew up watching Roy Keane, that could be it for you. And he just ruined it. <laughs> well, do you remember um, we went to the Ireland training session, and uh, it's part of his job, like his media obligation or whatever to he's meant to be signing all the jerseys and I remember one kid like literally was a kid and he tried to hand him a second jersey and uh, he just stared at him and let your man back down <laughs> yeah thinking like that cheeky you he was brought up an awful lot in uh, did you see the Niall Quinn interview on Virgin Media no was it recent yeah very recent it was like uh, he was talking about how when he took over Sunderland and uh Roy Keane took over as manager uh, for Sunderland and everyone was wondering, oh, Roy's not the man for your job or whatever. And they made a few new signings for the team. And uh, yeah, they were just like, you know, uh, like these are going to be new big stars at Sunderland. But they were, they were late for the bus and Keane didn't start them or anything. <laughs> and uh, they left without them. <laughs> and and uh, what you got, like all the fans are loving it and everything like this. There's definitely in the world just a direct split between people who love and hate Keane. <laughs> and as soon as you meet him, you change sides. <laughs> like, I think you nearly have to just treat him like a troll at this stage. Like he, it's he definitely is putting on an act. Like yeah. whatever, when he's a manager, obviously he's just trying to lay down the law or whatever. But on TV, it's it's such an act. Like there's no way that these people are willing to work with him if he's just doing that all the time. Like. Uh, back uh, during the Mick McCarthy Roy Keane scrap uh, who did you side with back in the day well when I was a kid I was like Roy Keane's like you know easily the best player in this team obviously he should be playing what's McCarthy doing like uh, nowadays I'm, I'm quite fond of Mick you know um, we're, we're Mick McCarthy's babies <laughs> That's very true. We are Mick McCarty's babies, which is a song that really lost trend. I thought it was really going to come back when, when he came back. It goes something like, 
I'm Mick McCarty's baby. <laughs> just didn't come back. Uh, hell, we tried to get started up in uh, the stadium and we got looks. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they weren't OG fans of Mick McCarty. But um, yeah, I think uh, I I think Mick has proved himself as how good a manager he is. He might get, he, I wouldn't say he transforms teams, but he gets the best out of his players. He loves a little 1 0 win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't concede much great lad well he's he's doing wonders at the moment um, he's obviously taken over Cardiff uh, recently and um, I think in the in, I think it's nine games now he's been in charge of uh, six wins and three draws uh, haven't lost the game before he joined before he took over uh, like they were closer to relegation than to the, the playoff spots and now they're two points off the playoff spots. Um, like it's it's actually just phenomenal to turn around, and it it's just what he seems to do. Like he just comes in, he just calms everything down, and uh, like he doesn't do anything mad. He just has lads, I think, play calm football. You know, defend well, nip up the other end, grab a goal, and works wonders. It's extremely calm. I'd actually. You know, recently over lockdown, I read the Harry Potter books, and uh, <laughs> when I read the character Dumbledore, I think Mick McCarthy. <laughs> um, he says such wise words. I, I think he should have definitely played Dumbledore in the films, but uh, <laughs> he brings that into the pitch. It's brilliant. Like he's, uh, everyone's complaining when he's with Ireland, when he's getting the draws and like the odd win, the odd win, you get it, the odd win, <laughs> and uh, like. I, do you mind uh, looking up the scores the uh, most recent Cardiff games? I bet he's only winning them by like one goal. Um, I think they have been close ones. Um, so the, the most recent one was Middlesbrough. It was a draw, but Middlesbrough had a decent side. Um, they beat Bournemouth 2-1, but they beat Preston 4-0, which is a good win. Um, beat Luton 2-0. Luton are decent. Uh, 3-1 against Coventry. Uh, you know, not not destroying teams other than Preston, but, uh, you know, comfortable enough it looks like well that's what he was doing in Ireland when everyone's giving out you know, oh we're only getting a goal we're only getting a goal every time and like it's not enough we want better we want like three or four goals like, what do you want from us okay but to be fair that was against Gibraltar so great game though <laughs> <laughs> um, I said earlier right there's no such thing as bad wins okay <laughs> win the win the win the win <clears throat> I think as well. Uh, I just love his, um, like the media side of things. Like his con- press interviews, they're just entertaining. Like he, uh, he has a bit of crack with them. Uh, he'll say absolutely anything that's on his mind. Like he doesn't give a shit at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love the memes of him. Do you ever see um, Mick McCarthy get scared of nothing? Oh yeah. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> and then there's. There's the other one where uh, the camera like zooms in on him and right at the last second he just like looks over and goes. <laughs> oh yeah, the eyebrow raise. <laughs> very, um, very nice, let, very nice. Let's bring it on to the, the man that replaced him. So what did you think of uh, Stephen Kenny coming in and take over from Mick? Hey, look, I, um, you know, I have a bit of bias because I'm, I'm a Mick fan true and true. But like with Kenny coming in... Um, like I want to give anyone a fair chance. If you if you come in, play a completely different football, and be unreal, then yeah, fair enough. But Kenny, I think, needs to manage a team that can do his tactics. I don't think Ireland is suited to his tactics at all. 
Yeah, especially in the last turn. <clears throat> I think um, I think to an extent, to be fair to him, the very first game against Serbia when he had he didn't have all of his players, but he had the majority. Um, that's the best I've seen Ireland play in literally years. Like I can't remember last time I saw us play better than that. It's just lads missing sitters like Hurahan missed from six yards out an open goal. Like your manager can't change that. But I think as well, just the lack of striker options. Like the the striker we have been playing, Adam Ida, he's like nineteen or something. He's playing championship. He's he's not ready to be first choice striker for an international team, but. Uh, Dave McGoldrick retiring. He's not a goal scorer, but the way he links players is unreal. Um, and just the amount of injuries, illnesses, everything that I, I, I can't judge Kenny yet. Like I'm only really judging him on that first game and I'm hoping when he has a full team, he can get us playing like that. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not com- I'm not entirely convinced Ireland can play that way. But uh, I think they can at least play a semblance of that way. And you know, make other adjustments but uh, it's definitely better than uh, the end of the Martin O'Neill days <laughs> <laughs> those are bad days those bad days <laughs> those days probably the happy days so you know you can't really take much away from Martin but then, uh, I think I think Ireland as a whole have a lot of hype culture about our strikers if one of our strikers gets a goal in the Premier League we think they're class I think is it Aaron Connolly or what's the name Connolly? Yeah, Con- Connolly's grabbed a few. Yeah, yeah. I, I know an Aaron Connolly. I hope that's it is his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got a, yeah, he got like a goal or two for was it Tottenham or Brighton? Brighton. I think he Brighton. scored against Tottenham. Yeah, and uh, we all thought he's Irish. He's Irish. I can't <laughs> believe it. Everyone just rushing to Wikipedia to see if we can take him, and uh, you know it, that kind of hype does just get to uh, the FAI. They're like, oh, we need this player to start our next game. And then he just doesn't fit into the system at all because you don't have them like Brighton players around you. You don't have the same like kind of system. And uh, I don't know. I I think we need a big burly striker, <laughs> someone who can <laughs> the ball more. Uh, kind of like Johnny Walters. I, I liked having Johnny Walters there. He didn't get many goals, but he he made the ball stick up there and uh, really fought for it. I think you can buy a T-shirt actually with Johnny Walters holding off. <laughs> which is a great t-shirt. I definitely recommend everyone get it. But, um, yeah, I think we're missing that now. Um, I think, to be fair to Ida, I think he is able to do that. He's he's a big, strong lad, but I think he's just that young that he's, w- once he does get the ball into him, he's not using it as well as someone like Walters would do. Yeah. It's uh, it's extremely tough to like do that and even to find, find a player like that. I, I think one of the best performances I've seen, someone doing something like that, is like Mandzukic in like the World Cup for Croatia. He he was a messer. Like he was injured, lad, swinging elbows back and everything, doing a real Diego Costa. Like <laughs> he wouldn't go down either. He was uh, extremely good. I, I don't even know if he's retired yet, but playing that way, you can play as long as you want. <laughs> Once the ball goes into your feet, like no one can take away that uh, that rigidness. The <laughs> just being a dirty player. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think we'll do a bit of an Ireland special uh, when we get closer to the, the World Cup qualifiers. Um, also, uh, I'd just like to say, whenever teams, name any team that won anything huge that didn't have a bastard on the team. Right? You need a bastard. Okay? <laughs> kind of a Ramos type who will, who will take that card. 
will do anything. Seamus Coleman was kind of like that in the Euros. Remember against France, he got a yellow card, just took someone out. And like, he did very little for the rest of the, the game. The other guy, and uh, you know, we need more bastards. Uh, we're losing our bastard culture. Whereas <laughs> one thing created the bastard culture, it was made here. So we should easily be outgrades them. I think uh, I think Malumbi can be like that. Um, I think he's he's decent. At, well, I hope he's decent at tackling and that he's intending to take lads out when he does it. Uh, he seems like he's able to. And then you know he, I think against Wales was it uh, someone like that. He he got in a, a few little scraps with lads. You know, I think I think he has that feistiness about him. You could you could make a claim for McLean, but you don't want your winger being your bastard. You want your winger calling out their bastard, you know, <laughs> saying like, come on, hit me then. And like, make sure he gets his card. But uh, yeah, you want your bastards in uh, centre back and centre mid. That's what, that's where they strive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ireland, obviously unlucky not to qualify for the Euros, but uh, there's a lot of talk this week that <clears throat> instead of being around Europe, the Euros might just be a, uh, in England, they're, they're thinking that England has the best kind of structure for that. What, what do you make of that? Well, uh, I think it's a very logical choice, unlike uh, trying to make a World Cup happen in Qatar. You know, <laughs> England's doing so well with COVID. Uh, they have all the stadiums needed. Most of the players are already there. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Um, the only problem is people are going to try to get in there. And that... Uh, could could like there's always new strains and one happened in the UK would there be another strain there? I don't know. It could it could spark a whole new bad thing for COVID. But football wise, whoa, it's great. You know, it's right next door. <laughs> yeah, well, like, well they are talking about just uh, mid May letting people back in stadiums. Just I think up to a quarter of the stadium could be filled. Um, so obviously be a lot less people, but. Uh, you know, if, if pubs and all are open, people are going to try travel. Um, but hopefully, uh, you know, there'll be nice, nice few matches up here. St. James's Park, you know, I'll just walk up the street. I'll see Ronaldo. You know, it'd be cool. It'll be whatever. It'll be like the good old days, you know. Say <laughs> John Joe Shelby just walking by your doorstep. <laughs> you yeah, it's a completely different day uh, ball game. But, uh, oh, it's going to be like Wetherspoon Central, though. And I can imagine a World Cup in England having a lot more fights than anywhere else. <laughs> It'd be like Russia. Like I think, uh, I think publicity-wise, they didn't let anything be kind of reported from Russia. But there's definitely stuff happening. Like, oh yeah, awful things, terrible things. <laughs> and like, yeah, if Russia come here, real fights are happening. Like, there's, there's no real country that particularly like England unless you're a fan of the royal family or something and you watch them kind of shows but like football fans generally don't watch them kind of shows so they don't really like them and so if and if you know when Brexit went through Brexit was kind of encouraging people not to come into the country so you're definitely going to have them lads who vote for Brexit and they go what are you doing here and this this kind of thing they hate tourism why would they want that (laughs) Um, yeah like um, it kind of it makes the most logical sense I think but uh, I I definitely don't think that's going to be the, the 12 C thing uh, that just sounds like madness yeah too much too much but like uh, they also I think they might be trying to earn a bit of revenue for like whatever club rents out their stadium like from like lost income throughout the season because they definitely lost a ton Uh yeah. Like I remember 
they're trying to make it so you could only watch a match if you had a season pass. So you had to buy a season pass for like, I don't know, a few hundred, maybe even a grand, just to watch like this guy that's been playing. Imagine you paid to watch that my new Chelsea game. That was, uh, I, I go back and listen to last week's episode. You'll hear me say that. <laughs> first game of the season. Uh, yeah, so yeah, they're desperate for revenue. It'll probably be good in that sense. But the Premier League as a whole, it's, it's forming a very low opinion. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the United Chelsea game, what, what was your opinion of the uh, penalty incident? Uh, it was a handball. His hand was away from his side. It, he was nearly looking at the ball. Uh, hit, hit it in the box. That's a penalty. Uh, like the ref could see it. We saw it. I, I don't see why not. I think I heard Gary Neville saying in the commentary that like you go three months back and that's a penalty. And again, Gary Neville might be a bit biased, you know, <laughs> in that sort of situation. But I, what do you think? Um, I'm not. I'm not actually convinced about it being a penalty. I think kind of it kind of hits rat, or uh, Greenwood's arm first. Um, you know, they both kind of are hitting the ball with their hands. I think it's just they're trying to push each other. The ball bounces in a weird way. Um, and in terms of, like, never saying that about the rule, um, initially, yeah, the, the rule was actually different at the start of the season. They changed it because it was just mayhem. Like, lads were just hitting the ball at people's arms to, to get a penalty, and you'd get it. So I think the rule now is your arm has to be in an unnatural position. And I think the ref might have just been thinking because they're trying to push each other like mm-hmm. I think it kind of it's more natural than if his arm is just up there naturally or well yeah. naturally uh, so it just seemed to me like that might be what the ref's thinking but mm-hmm. everybody's just not coming out and thinking of like that they're just looking at oh, yeah, his hand but uh, I think that's just because there's so much confusion over the handball now it makes yeah. no sense it has to be a lot clearer and if uh, unless I'm remembering this wrong uh, didn't Chelsea have like a whole opportunity to score on the other side of the pitch before they called it up? Like it went down for another minute or so. Yeah, yeah, the game was played on, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> oh, it comes in. Then you just call it back, take away a goal and give them a penalty. Like biggest anticlimax for Chelsea fans. You're screaming. <laughs> Absolutely screaming. Like it. And those are the kind of situations where like a lot of goals come from where everyone's distracted about the penalty and still complaining and they get a break. And uh, get a goal, but then like just call it back. It, it creates so much confusion. I think <laughs> VAR should be called up straight away. Uh, if not, like just drop ball afterwards or whatever, whatever they do, whatever stupid rule the way you're making up. Now. <laughs> I think um, I think VAR look at it straight away, um, but I think until the ball is out of play, I don't think they can do anything about it. Um, I think the ref might be able to stop the game, but. Um, like he's, I think he's only meant to do that if, you know, if he stopped that chance and Chelsea might score from it. That's controversial then as well if he doesn't give the penalty. So I think they have to kind of wait till they uh, play the phase of plays over. Um, but there was one thing Luke Shaw said after the match um, that the ref had said to Harry Maguire something about, I can't remember the words of it, but something along the lines of like, Oh, it'll cause so much uproar and, and that sort of thing if I give it. You know, it sounded like the ref was kind of also thinking about himself. Backlash kind of thing, like which isn't it shouldn't be relevant, like. Yeah. That that's really bad. That's really caught out as well. 
and like refs have mics on them should that not be definitely brought up uh, to like whatever union they have or whatever like refs have to take that yeah um, and as well um, I think the FA are actually apparently now investigating um, Luke Shaw for saying that or something but like like you're saying I think the, the, the refs are mic'd up and they should be easily able to kind of confirm that it could be just Harry Maguire being a big oaf and, and not really understanding English as well. Though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Harry does look like uh, someone who might be a bit dim. He's bit of the holidays your last time I heard of him. <laughs> that was yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, that match was just tragic. And I, I think even Paddy Parra put up like, I'm never going to get myself worked up for another football game again. <laughs> That's not worth <laughs> Um, and did you also see in the um, Brighton and uh, West Brom game there was a bit of controversy with the ref? Uh, tell me. Uh, so basically, um, I think Brighton took a quick free kick while the, the keeper was still setting up as well. Um, but apparently, the um, it, it, it was uh, Lewis Dunk who took the free kick and the ref was standing there and he said, can I take this quickly? And the ref moved out of the way, which usually means, okay, you can take it. Um, and he scored the goal, but the keeper, like, uh, last minute saw and tried to get it not. But then, he, uh, he basically, the ref said, no, no goal. Um, and it went to VAR and everything, um, which meant he had to then go back and say, okay, it is a goal, but I have to check it. And then he said, after VAR, he said, no, it's not a goal. Uh, and then just after that everything in the game the Brighton lads were just gone mental at them and uh, then I think there was a controversy with a penalty at the end of the game and stuff as well um, I, th- I think I- I'm not sure what, he, what what the foul was for but it was like I think Welbeck missed the penalty and when it rebounded to him I don't know how but he like said he committed a foul or something it was something weird um, so I think uh I think who was it? Lee Mason, I think. Uh, he's just, he's in the doghouse. My God. <laughs> what a disaster. There's, that's very similar to a situation that happened for Russia Lech at one point. Like, when you do one terrible team, thing against a team, they'll turn <laughs> on you. Everyone will turn on you. Especially when, uh, I think Russia were playing against some, oh, some mad team. But someone on that mad team hit the ref. <laughs> And, uh, oh yeah, I remember that game. Uh, that was actually um, the brother of a League of Ireland footballer. Um, he committed a foul or something, and let's just say he was a kind of player to get in your face, you know. And uh, he went straight up to the ref and he like grabbed him and he's like, "What are you doing? What are you talking about?" And I can't remember. He might have given him a yellow. No, he didn't do anything. Yeah, I was thinking that if he didn't give him a yellow, he literally gave him nothing. And everyone on the sideline is like, are you actually going to let him do that to you? Because like, obviously if he lets him do that, then the rest of the game, this was early in the game, so the rest of the game, your man knows that ref's not going to touch him. And uh, I think your man went down and scored the winner in, the, in that game as well. What a ball. It's like, like not really his fault, even though he shouldn't be doing that to a ref anyways. <laughs> uh, and anytime you shouted, like said something to a ref, he just came over to you and went, you be quiet now. <laughs> yeah. That's a big bulky guy coming over and getting in his face. Uh, and he's just some hell of that as well. <laughs> um, all right. So I think uh, I think we've talked enough football. I think uh, 
should maybe move on to the NBA. Um, so there's a bit of a, a talking point in the NBA uh, this week. Kyrie Irving put up a post saying that they should change the logo to Kobe Bryant. And probably the context behind that is that uh, the, the player that is the logo of the NBA, he has said before he doesn't really want to be uh, like, you know, he he just is it and he'd prefer not to be, but he, he's not going to actually go out and make them take him off. Uh, Jerry West, I think, is the logo. So uh, what do you reckon? Should they, should they switch it up to Kobe? Well, I'm not as into NBA as most people and I thought it was just, you know, a figure of someone playing basketball. I didn't think it was anyone. Uh, <laughs> if they change it to Kobe, how often are they going to change it? Like, does that mean when or if he can die, Michael Jordan dies, uh, <laughs> will, he, uh, will, will the logo be changed to him or something? Or when Shaq dies, change it to him? Like, is it going to be changed over and over again or are we just sticking with Kobe? Uh, I think it'd be permanent. I think uh, definitely Nike won't let you use uh, Jordan because that's their logo. Uh, but as well, it's be, I think it's to do with Jerry West doesn't want to be a logo um, and kind of a, a show of respect then for Kobe. But they kind of last year, they kind of dedicated the All-Star game to him. And I imagine it's going to be the same this year. Um, so they kind of had all all of one team wearing Kobe's number and then all the other team wearing his daughter's number. Um, they did little things like that to kind of um, honour him and they named the All-Star MVP award after him. Um, so they kind of have that done from, I can't imagine them actually changing the logo. Um, but I think if they were going to pick somebody, I could, you know, I could see why that would be. And it's, it's kind of as well an iconic sort of shot from him. Um, you know, you're not just going to do it for Shaq. It's not going to be just some big lad like. <laughs> bring it down to Nick. <laughs> That'd be a great one. But um, I don't know. Uh, like if they didn't do it, they've definitely done like a lot for him already. It's definitely not definitely not disrespectful not to do it. But um, sure. If Jerry said take my take me off it, if he like demanded it, then yeah, definitely. Or even just make the logo of basketball something like because <laughs> people could argue NBA just loves the Lakers don't they just same way NFL loves the Patriots and all you know uh, so I don't know if it's uh, too biased unless everyone in the NBA just unanimously says yeah make it Kobe it, it should be probably a, a team vote like every every uh, chairman or president whatever you want to call them owner makes a vote on it yeah uh, well, just on the Lakers team, Jerry West played for the Lakers as well. So, uh, you know, uh, oh, very biased. <laughs> yeah, imagine if, uh, say, Stephen Gerrard died in Premier League, said All right, our logo is going to be Stephen Gerrard, and like you'll have a lot of teams say, "Oh yeah, Stephen Gerrard, one of the best uh, players ever in Premier League." A lot of teams are going to tell him to fuck off. Like. <laughs> um, well, I think I think they did it early days because he kind of he was one of the best players, but he maybe didn't win as much as other players. Um, might not have been his own fault, but you know, I think this was their way of kind of honoring his legacy. But I think you know, he's an old man now, and if if he passes away, you kind of can't change it then. So I think uh, if they're ever going to do it, now might be the chance. <laughs> yeah, give it, give it a go. I, you won't get anyone complaining about it though. I think, like, either way, like it's kind of like when they made them a what the NBA PlayStation cover, like it's grand, like, but. I wouldn't be complaining. I'm, I'm sure if someone more into the NBA would, but I wouldn't be complaining if they didn't do it. 
No, I think definitely all the players, uh, like they're not going to speak out against that. They've that much respect for him. But uh, I think it's more just, you know, Kyrie Irving's a bit, you know, he's a bit out there with social media and everything. So I think he's just come up with wacky ideas and uh, he's obviously not afraid to stick them up. Yeah, Kyrie uh, shouldn't have that kind of platform, I don't think. <laughs> like, not even the best on his team right now. Uh, third best, probably. Uh, I'd, I'd say uh, I think LeBron would be more the face of the organization. Not that he would go against of what Kyrie said, but if, if LeBron said it, they'd probably do it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think the only thing that LeBron has said that they kind of haven't done recently is he basically said he has no interest in the All-Star game coming up. And uh, But obviously they're still doing it because there's just too much money for them to lose if they don't. Yeah. Why wasn't he want to play? He just doesn't want to play basketball. Uh, he obviously just thinks it's a bit stupid them all meeting up, uh, getting together um, just for a few days. Um, but as well, it's a shortened season. They're still playing most of the games and they're playing like every every second day at best like some some back-to-backs and then you know one day off and then another game so they're playing a lot more frequently than they than they have in the last couple of years and uh, it, it's kind of their one chance to rest um, but he'll still play he'll still you know maybe won't play as many minutes but uh, he's not going to turn it down either when is that game? it's uh, next week it's uh, Sunday I think okay and uh, who you been on? <laughs> Well, we'll have to wait because they're going to do the draft this week and uh, then we'll have the rosters. So, Is there anyone coming through that's as big as Zion? Uh, well, it's it's not um, it's not that sort of a draft. It's like the the current players in the league. You know, it's the, basically the best players, best 24 players as voted. And, uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they pick then from... It's basically like uh, captains if you're picking teams. Like, Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, who's uh, captain of the teams this this time? I mean, where well, LeBron did last time. And uh, who was it? Giannis. Giannis. Wait, and Nasa Takimbo or something like that. Ante Takimbo. Yeah, man, that's like that. <laughs> uh, I think it's LeBron and KD this year. KD hasn't earned that, has he? It's basically whoever gets the most votes. Um, I'll just I'll, I'll Google it, just be sure. Jimmy Butler probably should have got it since he made the final, like... Uh, it's based on this season or last season and he's kind of barely played um, mm. actually I think uh, so Durant has been injured um, lately so I don't think he's even going to play the game but apparently he's still going to be the captain <laughs> <laughs> great that's just brilliant isn't it sure. I mean, so, does that mean that they're only going to have 11 players then because like, usually they replace an injured player <clears throat> who really cares about the the pro game isn't it the celebrity celebrity game that everyone wants to see <laughs> yeah that's my favourite but uh, I don't think it's happening this year it's always just Kevin Hart making a fool so. <laughs> yeah and then he wins MVP just because he's the funniest like <laughs> uh, um, alright so should we uh, move on to our uh, road to a thousand then yeah um, so have you done your research this week Sean I've done a bit of research okay I just Still can't pick, <laughs> and I can't go Man City because one they're playing against United, who are just too dodgy and too conservative, yeah. um, who could easily win that game as well. Um, well, not easily; it'd be very, very hard because Man City are just like unstoppable. But yeah, been looking at a few teams. Been looking at Sevilla. All right, now why do you think of Sevilla? 
yeah, I've been looking very strongly at Sevilla. Um, they're in unreal form. Um, you know, it's kind of hard. The, the only match they've lost recently is the Barca. Um, well, I suppose on Dortmund in the Champions League, but just in terms of the league, uh, the only game they've lost recently was Barca, which is kind of understandable. They're hitting a bit of form in the league again. Um, the game before that that they lost uh, in the league was Atletico. So they're kind of only losing to the best teams and they're playing one of the worst teams. Um, now, the only thing is that has me with any doubts for this game, it's in the middle of their cup semi-final against Barca is is uh, on Wednesday um, and then on Tuesday after this game they played Dortmund in the Champions League so I'm not sure if they might rest a player or two that's that's the only dodgy feeling I have about this game yeah yeah I'm getting that a lot because obviously I'm looking at all the huge teams they're playing in Europa and in Champions League so you ever know what kind of tactics they're trying out or who they even have on the bench that could come on and try and make a little name for themselves but uh, as well, I was looking at Porto and the Portuguese league, and they're going to be playing against some terrible team at the bottom. But Porto, again, could just be like resting players for that one because they know they're up against some uh, nobody team. So it's very, very tough. Um, luckily, we have uh, that extra six cent that'll bring us a long way. So <laughs> exactly even. So we're going to be betting eight euro six cent. Um, yeah. Half looking at the Scottish League, uh, like you're only finding like one to four Rangers. And to be honest, like and people hate me saying this, but I don't really trust Celtic right now. No, although they do have a new manager. I think they won their first game under him. Um, I don't think they set the world on fire, but uh, picked up the points, which uh, they weren't doing. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, you have a, in the German league you have a Dortmund up against Bayern Munich that's stay away um, yeah AC Milan not in form at all um, Napoli Napoli now that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a while <laughs> hmm. Napoli are up against Sassuolo if I'm saying that right <laughs> uh, they and it strikes me they're only they're evens to do that so I'm going to make Valo work and not do that uh, oh wait wait the playing is that's a midweek game apologies apologies um, uh, Bologna <laughs> I don't know if you pronounce that way either but they're 8-15 to 15 and I don't know Napoli's form uh, look into it but are you definitely going with Sevilla not definitely, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who else are you thinking about? Um, it's considering Inter. Um, they're playing against Parma. Oh no, actually, sorry, that's on Thursday. Yeah, no, don't worry, that tricked me too. Don't worry. Oh yeah, okay, no, I won't be taking Inter against Atlanta. I think... I think Inter are more than good enough to win that game. They've like they're tearing the league up this year. Um, but Atlanta, they're a good side. I, I cannot back that. Um, mm. Yeah, I suppose my main one had been Sevilla. Um, I was looking at Inter then, but obviously that's not happening. The other one I have been looking at was uh, Leipzig. They're playing against Freiburg. Now Leipzig have won, I think it's six games straight. Um, and 
like I think um, I, uh, Freiburg they're, they're doing okay in the league they kind of nearly win one draw one lose one that's kind of like the record that they have at the moment um, again though like it's it's a tough time for Leipzig they have a cup quarter final uh, midweek and then the league game against Freiburg and then they've got Liverpool in a you know winner go home game uh, so again it's a bit of a dodgy one but I don't know the form that they're in they, they rarely drop points like they're they're the only team that's really pushed Bayern in, in the last couple of years in the Bundesliga um, like they, I'm not saying that they have done it for years I'm saying that this is the closest Bayern have been run yeah. um, in the last few years um, I'm kind of leaning towards that a bit more than the Sevilla one but I feel like I could be looking like a fool if uh, you know, if if Sevilla don't rest players or whatever, yeah. Um, so I'll talk about my other pick then because Monaco have been uh, tearing up the French league as well. Um, now they're not winning games comfortably; like they're they're winning games by a goal, um, maybe two goals. Uh, somehow to beat PSG two 0 but um. Oh, sorry. This is another midweek match. All the ones <laughs> I looked at earlier are proxy midweek matches. Uh, okay, so it's a French Cup weekend and they're playing Nice. Hmm. I, you know, Nice are not great, but they, they brought in basically uh, nearly a whole new defence in the January transfer window and I think they have picked it up a bit. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not winning as, you know, they're not winning too many games, but they're a lot closer to games than they were earlier in the season. So no, I think so no, I think I'm gonna go with Leipzig. Um just straight up to win. Um sorry, I have the odds here. Just give me one second. I have them saved. Mm-hmm. Um so Leipzig are eight to thirteen to win that game. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm making I'm making Sean Shaw easier for him, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And uh I've been taking a look at a few and uh then nerves just keep coming back every week. Uh, it's hard to commit, especially now that we know, you know, the people believe in us. We're on a roll. And, yeah. Uh, you don't want to kill the streak. I just want to look at one more, uh, but another, another great team, fantastic team that I've been looking at was Sporting Lisbon, who are leading the Portuguese Cup right now. Uh, they are not the league right now. Uh, they are doing very well. They've, last time, they didn't win at home, which they are playing. They're playing this weekend at home. Uh, last time they didn't get a win was a one-all draw on the 15th of January, and they've gone one, two, three, four, five, uh, five straight wins at home. There, um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a cozy two to five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow! Disappointed if they did lose, um, you know. With Man City gone, I have to kind of source out these <laughs> uh, lads. Uh, I'll just double check to make sure. Not no, sorry, I didn't check before. It's a first check, and um, <laughs> see if a double of eight to thirteen and two to five will come out as evens. Uh, two to five, eight to thirteen. Oh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking a bit more than evens. Uh, <laughs> you can put down your. You're 806, and we're looking for 16, right? We'll be getting back 1823, okay? 1823. 
And so I think I'll, I'll go with Sport and Lisbon, but I'd like you to take a look at there, Valo, because I've been very shy uh, recently. <laughs> and Sport and Lisbon at the top. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just looking at the table now. Um, unbeaten. You know, obviously, that's always a good start. Um, the only games that they've dropped points in, or the only game they dropped points in lately against Porto, obviously, <clears throat> you know, probably the only other uh, well-regarded team um, in Portugal, maybe Benfica, but they're not um, doing as well. So, to me, it does look good. They seem to score around two goals every game. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who they're playing against, they seem to get two goals, whether they're shy teams or whether they're uh, decent. Um, yeah, like I think it could be a good pick. And these lads at uh, Santa Clara, who I think they're playing against, uh, they're not great uh, away, not great away at all. They're not even great at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll stick in Sport and Lisbon. It has to come up. It just has to. Ah, oh, I feel thinking about the, the not coming up. Like it. You you think we we like celebrate these wins, but it's more relief when if, when they come through. <laughs> You're like, thank God, thank God that happened. Um, yeah, I had to text you uh, after the city game because I couldn't remember if you if you went to nil or not, and yeah. uh, it would have been an absolute like punch if uh, you had it. Oh, like if we get through this this week, like we're on to double digits, and it's. Ooh, it's it's gonna be tough. Like what? Oh, you're gonna do a triple digits? Uh, you know the the pressure's already heavy. Like, um, yeah. But you know what? We're only getting better at this. You know, we're learning as we go. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're smashing it. Okay, and Sporting Lisbon is on Friday night, so get on that at two to five. Yeah. Okay, come on. Please, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, that's the game plan. Yeah, that's the game plan. I'll see you later. <laughs> 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 Maybe you'll cry. <laughs> All right, that's it.